0: Welcome to this week's Opera Cheat Sheet. I'm Sinjin Flynn. And I'm Eric Skelly. And this time we're talking about Giuseppe Verdi's Simon Boccanegra*, an opera, Eric, that debuted in 1857, although it's set in 1339. And he went back and revised it 20 years after the the
1: debut, and so uh, he... uh, got his new librettist, Origo Boito, to go back and revise the work of the original librettist to try to flesh out the opera a little bit better. They certainly managed to create, among other things, uh, one of the greatest scenes in all of opera, which is the council chamber scene at the end
0: of Act One, And that was part of the revision. That was all new for the, for the revised version. Let's talk about uh, the main character, Simon Boccanegra. Who is he? Well, I guess we should talk about the whole plebeian-patrician thing. This is uh,
1: central to the plot of Simón Bocanegra, that you have this this bifurcated society. You have the patricians, the, the noblemen on the one hand, and the plebeians, who are the not-so-noblemen. <laughs> it's sort of like, uh, I don't know, to borrow a, a literary uh, analogy— uh, most of people of my generation grew up reading The Outsiders, and you have The Greasers and The Soshas. So <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of analogous to that, but not quite. So you have this dichotomy in, in society there, and uh, Simon is a plebeian. Uh, he is a plebeian who has risen through the ranks to become a corsair, and who has cleaned up the harbor of, of Genoa and uh, and the, the surrounding waters, the Adriatic, of the Adriatic Sea right. of uh, of pirates, the African pirates, and so he's become a hero among
0: the plebeians. Fourteenth century Genoa is a city state, yes, much like Venice was or Florence, right. And because of his uh, cleaning up the Adriatic, he is this hero. Yes, exactly. He manages
1: to uh, overreach himself a bit. However, he. He falls in love with a patrician woman, the daughter of a patrician, and uh, they bear. She bears him a child out of wedlock. Uh, her name is Maria, and uh, her father is Fiesco. And uh, when Fiesco finds out that his daughter has borne a child to a plebeian, uh, he's none too pleased, and he sort of <laughs> cloisters her away in their their palace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to keep her away from Simon. So Simon has this young daughter whom he places in the care of a nurse because he he has to go out to sea and, you know, she has to be cared for. So he, he does this, and when he returns, finds that the nurse is dead and the child is missing, has no idea what has happened to his daughter. What we know happened is she was found wandering on the seashore by a patrician. Uh, Count Grimaldi, and taken in by him and raised as his daughter, uh, not knowing who she was. Right. So, as the opera opens, uh, the child has just been born. None of that has happened yet in the, in the prologue to Simone Bocanegra, but uh, Simone is uh, under consideration by uh, the, the council people of Genoa to be elected the doge of the city, who up to that point had always been a patrician. So this was a major leave-taking from, from precedents to actually nominate a, a plebeian. But they nominate him, uh, and in fact, he is elected. But not before uh, he confronts Fiesco, the, the father of uh, the woman he loved, who has kept them apart, and Fiesco... Uh, still is, is very embittered by what Simon has, has done. Because he's essentially from a different class. Exactly. Right.
0: Exactly. And is overreaching his, his himself. To th- make matters that much worse, what Fiesco isn't telling Bocanegra is that Maria has died. Is dead. Has just passed away. He is just beside himself with grief. And therefore that more embittered toward Bocanegra and then of course, Boccanegra himself breaks into the palace and he sees the body of Maria lying on the on the bier.
1: And at that moment the, the the klaxons are sounding and the people are rushing in to proclaim him the new doge. Wow. Right. <laughs> you know, this is just the sort of um dramatic dichotomy that Verdi just does brilliantly. And this 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 whole opera it moves so quickly, really. It has its quiet moments, um, but uh, when things really start to move, they move very quickly and swiftly. And in in Bocanegra, you ask who he is. He is sort of the pinnacle for the for the baritone uh, in opera. He is what they aspire to sing if they have a big enough voice to handle the Verdi orchestra. It's kind of the
0: the King Lear of of baritone roles. What we've been talking about was the prologue. Yeah. Act one debuts twenty five years later. Right. And what's the situation after 25 years?
1: Well, we should stop to point out that the opening of this act one is a, a scene that is just so gorgeous. It's set at the uh, the house of uh, of Fiesco, who's under an assumed name at this point. He has taken the guardianship of Amelia, who is Simone Bocanegra's daughter, although nobody knows that at this point. Amelia an Grimaldi. Amelia Grimaldi, and she's, she's 25 years old. She, Fiesco is her guardian, and she's living in his, his palace by the sea. And the curtain opens, and you see Amelia there by the seaside gazing over the waters, and she sings this gorgeous aria called Come In Questora Bruna. We're just reflecting on the beauty of the Genoese seaside. It's so gorgeous because it, it starts with this orchestral intro up that leads up to it that aurally depicts the Genoese seashore. In a way that only Verdi could do, you know, with his great love for that city and, and for the Italian, you know, countryside himself. So that's where we, that's where we start. It's 25 years later, and Amelia is, uh, is living with Fiesco.
0: And she is in love with Gabriele Adorno. Yes. Who is a noble by birth yes. and a patrician. Yes. Uh, also, however, he's
1: uh, part of a faction that is, well, they're sort of fomenting revolution, really. And therefore, he is under suspicion by
0: Boccanegra, you know, for fomenting rebellion, really. Now, Boccanegra arrives at Fiesco's seaside villa, and he wants to ask uh, Amelia to consider Paolo's hand in marriage paolo Paolo being his henchman his henchman his right-hand man
1: yeah the man who really nominated him for the the position of doge to begin with he's the one years earlier yeah and who sort of rallied the troops around that concept and basically got him elected and so this is i guess his his thanks 25 years later and um, simone has promised him that he would ask for amelia's hand in marriage for paolo Uh, So Simone comes in and meets Amelia and is talking with her. And as they talk, she talks about the fact that she is an orphan, didn't know her parents at all, and doesn't know anything about her mother except what she has in this locket that she wears on her person, which contains a portrait of her mother. She opens it and shows it to Simone, who is gobsmacked (laughs) to discover (laughs) that it's his Maria. And this is, in fact, his daughter. Amelia is his daughter. And they have this amazingly emotional outpouring of of emotion for one another as he embraces her as his daughter, and she finds
0: the father that she never really believed she would ever know. Paolo shows up, Hmm. and Bocanegra tells him, you can't marry this woman, but he doesn't explain why. Yep,
1: sorry, no dice. (laughs) And what effect does that have on Paolo? Paolo... Is not happy. And in fact, he is so not happy that he uh, he vows revenge
0: on Simon Bocanegri. He wants him dead. He because is so he hasn't angry. lived up. He hasn't done what he said he would do for him. Exactly. Right. Exactly.
1: And so he actually tries to uh, enlist the help of people that he thought he would have an easy time of, of enlisting. He goes to Gabriele Adorno uh, and he, he goes to Fiesco. And is rebuffed by both of them because, you know, I think they both sort of regard him as kind of, uh, well, kind of slimy. Because <laughs> he, he, he wants to get them to assassinate exactly. Bocanegra. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And they both turn him down. And so he then turns to the one means that he has at his disposal to accomplish the ends
0: that he desires, and that is poison. That's a slow poison. Yes. And... The remarkable thing is, that in the course of this poison taking effect, so much is resolved.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Gabriella finally is made to understand that Amelia is, in fact, Simone's daughter, even though they had held that information. And Gabriele was thinking that uh, Simone had moved her into the palaces and was keeping her as a mistress, and all sorts of drama ensued from that misunderstanding. And In fact, Gabriele indeed when he believes that Simone is actually keeping Gabrielle as a mistress, pulls a dagger and is, is set to kill him. And Simone is, awakens to see Gabriele standing over him with a knife and has to talk him down, in a sense. And and then they they do divulge to Gabriele that, in fact, Amelia is his daughter. Even the impulsive Gabriele is taken aback by that bit of news. And, in fact... Then pledges loyalty to Simon Boccanegra and agrees to help him sort of
0: unite the the warring factions and and uh, curb the rebellion. And in fact, <clears throat> Boccanegra's last gesture is to nominate Gabrielli as his successor. Exactly as right. As he dies. Exactly right. So, what image does Verdi paint here of Simon Boccanegra? Who is this person, and, and what? does he stand for? He's the ultimate peacemaker.
1: He's the man who reaches across the aisle. I mean imagine somebody in our government today (laughs) uniting the red state and blue state factions. That's what you're looking at here. So he
0: starts out as a hero. Very much so. And that is a reputation that is intact, maintained at the end as he dies. Because he's earned it. Right. He he's richly earned it. He really is a peacemaker.
1: He really is the man that curbs this this warlike history. That he he, he actually refers to that in, in in the big council chamber scene. There's a big ensemble that he begins. Plebe patrizi popolo dalla una ferocia storia. People of a ferocious history, and he is the man who says, "I'm going to end that. I'm I'm about peace. I'm about." Uniting these people. This is at the end of Act One. Indeed. But he then uh, achieves that, you know, by the end of the opera. So he's that. He's also uh, another of Verdi's great father figures. I mean, Verdi was fascinated with parent-child relationships, but specifically if you think about a father-daughter. Right, Rigoletto. Rigoletto, Aida, Louisa Miller, um, you know, the list goes on and on. Uh, Nabucco and and Abigail all the way back at the beginning. You know, his relationship with Amelia is one of a long line of great father-daughter relationships that Verdi uh, fleshed out in the course of his operas. And at the center of it all is just a portrait of a great man a great heroic figure, and again, I have to say it, a great,
0: great role uh, for any baritone to aspire to. That is Simon Bocanegra. That's this week's Opera Cheat Sheet. I'm Sinjin Flynn. And I'm Eric Skelly. Thank you for listening.